Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. We are gradually getting through all the different attitudes that God tells us about working in our homes. We are up to number 13, and these attitudes, uh, there's two that go together here, lovingly and laboringly. Now, they seem opposite, don't they? Let's have a look at some scriptures. Galatians 5.13, by love serve one another. And so we see how these two words go together. If we love, we will serve. That's part of love. And when we serve, if we do it with the right attitude, we're showing our love. So love and laboring are twins. They go together. I love looking out for twins in the Bible. There's lots of twins that go together. God couples them together. 1 Thessalonians 1.3 Your love has meant hard work. There we see these twins again together. Love and hard work. Sometimes you feel as though you're working so hard in your home and all it is is work, 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 serve, serve, serve. And often you just do the same thing you did yesterday. Got to do it again today. Everything's got to be cleaned up again. Oh, gets in such a mess and clean, clean, clean again. Well, darling ladies, as you serve, as you work hard in your home, you're revealing your love to your family, to your children, and even to God because he sees your hard work and he sees it as love. So don't do it with a grudging spirit. Do it with a joyful spirit. Do it with a spirit that, um, oh, I'm just so blessed to serve. And you will find it will make all the difference. Hebrews 6 verse 10 says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. You notice that phrase? Labor of love. Have you noticed before that they are coupled together? Labor and love. It goes together. So don't despise hard work. No, it's part of your loving your husband. It's part of loving your family. And the wonderful thing is, it also brings reward. Let's keep reading. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. That word minister just means to serve. Serve the saints. Now, 
Paul is writing, or the writer of Hebrews is writing, and saying, you, God's been noticing. He's, he's not going to forget your work, your labor of love, because you've been serving the saints and you're still serving the saints. But he says you have showed it toward God's name. When we do this, we're doing it as unto the Lord. When you're working hard in your family, in your home, to keep your home right, to keep your home, you know, running smoothly, to manage your home, it, it, it takes a lot to manage your home, especially as your home grows. You start with a little baby, but then another one comes along, and then maybe another one, and often you have more and more children and more and more things happening because the more children, there's more things happening and more things going on in the home and there's more and more to manage. And to run a home efficiently and smoothly, it takes management and it takes hard work. But we're not just doing it because we have to do it. We're doing it as unto the name of the Lord. And God says that he doesn't forget. He's not going to forget it. And darling ladies, he doesn't forget your work in your home. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.3, actually, I have quoted that verse. I gave you the Phillips translation. This time, here is another translation. Your labor of love in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of of God and our Father. One translation talks about the slavery of love. It all goes together. So, lovely ladies, please don't despise hard work. It's all part of your loving, the labor of love. Oh, I just noticed a most wonderful scripture the other morning as I was reading. And it's in the book of Ruth. Actually, I was doing a study on marriage and all the different Hebrew meanings of the word cleave. Sometime I will take you through that study because it is so powerful. And there are 10 different words to describe that word cleave in the Hebrew. But one of the uh, words that is used, that's translated in the King James Bible, um, is where uh, Boaz said to Ruth, Abide here, my daughter. Or most other translations say, stay here, close. Keep close. Stay here. And so let me read you this whole scripture. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Listen carefully, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field. Or leave this one, but stay here close by my maids. When I read that scripture, I got a wonderful understanding. Of course, it was spoken to Ruth. And this is the wonderful thing about the scriptures. 
all the stories about the people, yes, they relate. They were about that person or they were about Israel. They, they practically talking about something that happened. But the word of God is alive and everything that is written is written for our example. It tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And every word relates to us personally. And I believe that this is a prophetic scripture to mothers in the home. And just listen to it again, lovely ladies. Just listen as God speaks to you. For this is his word. And it's his word speaking to you personally. Listen carefully, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field. Or leave this one. You see, lovely ladies, God wants you to glean in your field, in the home that he has given you. He has blessed you with a home. Maybe it's just a little tiny home or a big home. It doesn't matter. It's your home that you can make a place for God. It's your home where you make a beautiful place for your lovely husband. It's your home where you make it a beautiful place for your children, to raise your children, to nurture your children, to teach your children. And God wants you to work in your home and to glean in your home. In fact, you will also glean a harvest. But he doesn't want you to go to another field. Oh, no. And he continues, but stay here close. Stay close in your own home. Glean in your own field. As you do that, my lovely mothers, you will be blessed. And God will bless you. Just as Ruth was blessed, And she obeyed that command of Boaz, and she stayed in that field. She worked hard in that field, and she stayed there. Maybe other fields looked more tempting, and maybe there was more to glean over there in those other fields. Maybe they had a lot more to pick up for her to take home to Naomi. But no, he said, stay here in this field. And so we have to learn to be content. Don't look at some other field. Sometimes you look out and you think, oh, oh goodness me, I should be out there in the workforce. I've got these gifts and I should be using them. No, darling ladies, this is where God has you at this present time. This is his will and this is where he wants you to glean and to work. And so embrace it. Don't go to another field. Don't leave the one God has given you. Because when you leave the one God has given you, you move out from his blessings. You stay in the one God has given you. You may not think you're getting a lot out of it at this time, but you will because the reward is coming. God is not unrighteous to see your work and labor of love. God beholds. God watches. God rewards He rewards our labor of love. He rewards us as we stay in the sphere, in the place, in the domain, in the home that he has given to us. God has given it to you.
And so don't go looking for something else. Amen? Oh, yes, I, I was so blessed as I, I read that. And so, lovely ladies, enjoy your loving and laboring. Amen. All right, let's go to the next one. Okay, I've got to find our next one here. Yes, here it is. It is number 14. Wait on, I've got to find. Yes, number 14. Number 14 is we're to work mightily. Do you notice it never tells us we're just to work? There's always an adjective. And this one is Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Well, I'm sure that you have given your children this memory verse to learn. I gave that to my children from when they were very young. I was always reminding them, whatever you do, do it mightily. Do it with all your heart. Perhaps if you haven't given this memory verse to your children yet, you could give it to them this week. It's a good one for them to have, to have it in their hearts. And then when it comes to doing a chore and they're just meandering around and they're just doing it so slowly. Come on, children, remember, whatever your hand finds to do, you do it with your might. Come on, let me see those muscles. Oh, come on, show them to me. Come on, teach your children how to work, how to work hard. Oh, it's it just sad and sad and sad and saddens my heart to see children growing up who don't know how to work. Work is part of life. God gave the institution of work before the fall because it's part of man's life. It's part of who he is. And so he wants us to do it with all our mights. And when our children see us working with all our might, and instead of doing things slowly and grumblingly, but they see us doing them joyfully and with all our might, they're going to get that same understanding. When your children are doing the dishes, teach them how to really do them. Oh my, I have watched people do the dishes, and I, I have to... I actually have to walk away because they take so long and they wash one dish and put it into the rinsing water and then put it on the on the next part the, the little rack on the rack oh I, I can't believe the slowness I like to get stuck in and get those dishes done in just a few minutes and we should teach our children how to get stuck in. Yes, get stuck in. That's a good phrase. And uh, I believe that's so important to teach our children that. And so, all right, number 15. Never giving up until you finish. That's a good part of working, isn't it? So easy to begin uh, a job, and then we kind of, oh well, we flake out. Um, Zechariah 4 verse 9, it says, 
The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. Now that was the talking about the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem when they came back from Babylon. But it talks here about starting and finishing. Jesus also finished his work. In John 4.34, Jesus said, My meat, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. In his prayer in John 17 verse 4, Jesus said, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And so this is also a very important part of working. I know it's easy to start something with a hiss and a roar. And then as time goes on, we kind of lose the enthusiasm. I, I know this even with my doing Above Rubies, the magazine, which I trust that you all get. Uh, if you don't get the magazine Above Rubies, email me, nancy at aboverubies.org, and I'll be happy to mail you some copies. But I've been doing this magazine now for over 41 years. And I remember when I started I had such a burden. In fact, it's one of the greatest burdens that came upon me in my whole life. I couldn't not do it. I had to do it. It was something that just came upon me. And I knew I had to get out this magazine that would keep coming to encourage women, encourage them in their marriages and in their motherhood and in their home life. And I look back and I think, Wow, how come God chose me? I mean, I can't even imagine it. I wasn't the right person. I didn't even know how to do it. I hadn't any experience in journalism. I didn't know how to put a magazine together. And who was I? I wasn't any great mother. But God put it on me. And I obeyed. And, of course, as it came upon me, I had great vision and I never thought of the future. I just got started and uh, started with a hiss and a roar. Actually, I started with only printing 1,500 copies. Even that seemed enormous at the time. And I remember my husband saying to me, well, don't come back on me financially. We've got enough bills because I felt to make it by donation. And so I went ahead in faith and printed this first magazine. I had no clue what would happen to it. I didn't, I couldn't even imagine. But I just sent it out to a few people. I was speaking at a ladies' convention. I shared it and went back home to my children. And I began to get letters from the top of New Zealand, where I lived then, to the bottom. People writing in, thank you. I got your magazine. Thank you for strengthening me and my convictions as a wife and mother. And they sent a donation. I was able to pay the printers. Oh my, hallelujah. Well, the next issue, the second one, I printed 5,000 copies. The next issue, the third issue, I printed 
25,000 copies. In three years in Little New Zealand, I was printing 100,000 copies that were going out across the land. It was unbelievable. God was touching hearts and drawing mothers back to the home. It was a God thing. But it wasn't easy. And as it grew, and then as we moved to Australia, and we established it there, and then another 10 years later, we moved to the States, and we've been here now for, let me think, 28 years perhaps now. And I have just kept plodding on. They often say that when you get a vision, it's 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. And the only reason Above Rubies keeps coming to you today is that I just keep plodding on. I have never, ever given up for all these over 41 years. And it actually takes most of my life, apart from all my family life, and, but I do it as a labor of love. We've been talking about the labor of love, which are twins, and above rubies is a labor of love. My husband and I have never taken any finance from above rubies. All that comes in for the magazine, for the books, for everything, goes to print the next issue of Above Rubies, which costs over $60,000 to print and send out. That's why you're still waiting for the next issue and I'm still waiting for the money to come in. So pray for a miracle. When the money comes in, then I will print the next issue. And so with anything, we have to just keep working at it until the end. Yes, I just plan to keep going. And uh, it's the same, of course, with the greatest institutions in life, which are marriage and motherhood. God wants us to keep going to the end. I love Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8, which says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Ladies, it's not so much how we start, although it's so good to have a good start, but it's how we end. Even if you haven't had a good start, you can still have a great end. Did you know that? I want to encourage you today. Maybe you didn't get a good start in your marriage. That doesn't matter. With the help of God, the one who designed marriage, as you and your husband will submit to his ways and to one another and begin to love and serve one another instead of yourselves. God is able to do beautiful things in your marriage because he designed it. He wants you to be blessed. He wants it to be so beautiful. And even if you had a rocky start, you can, you can keep going so that it becomes better all the time. Did you know marriages? Actually, the testimony, if you talk to couples who've been married for years and years and years, like us, my husband and I have been married for 56 years. Well, when you get to this stage, what is the testimony? My testimony is 
that marriage gets better and better every year. Our marriage today is so much more beautiful than when we started. Oh, I could hardly even compare it. So don't despair. You have many years left where if you are willing and open to God to work, he can do glorious and beautiful things and he can make your marriage better and better and you can have a great end. You can begin as a failure and end as a victor. You can do that also in motherhood. Yes, maybe even in motherhood you didn't have a very good beginning. You started out, oh goodness me, you didn't know what you were doing. And I think many, many mothers, unless they've been raised in a big family and they've had you know, babies coming on and they're used to babies around them. And it's so, such a blessing for children to grow up in a big family because older children, they have babies around them. They learn to mother, the sons learn to father. They grow up, they're ready for, for marriage and, and uh, they're ready to face the whole um, thing of, of, of marriage and motherhood and fatherhood. But there's so many who grow up in a two-child family and right through their middling and teen years, they've never even had anything to do with a baby. I mean, there's not a baby in the house. None of their friends have babies. And they get married and they're being trained and conditioned and brainwashed and feminism and humanism and their career is more important than motherhood. And, and so they get married and, and, and they conceive and a baby's coming help they don't know what to do they're overwhelmed they have no experience they have no one to help them and and they kind of and when this baby comes they love this baby because every parent loves their baby but they're still not loving motherhood so they've got this confusion going on in their head and goodness me it's just pretty hopeless I mean, I even started off with all that confusion because I didn't understand about motherhood like I understand today and as God had to teach me along the way. And I thought I was meant to be out there doing so many other things and changing the world, not cooped in this little house with a baby and then suddenly three children under 17 months because I had twins and then I had four under four and here I was just with all these little screaming babies around me. And God had to show me that I was in his perfect will. And I was doing the most powerful thing that he intended me to do. But I didn't start off knowing it all. I didn't start. In fact, I just was so clueless about so much. But, but um, I'm just having to uh, tell some of our family to just quieten down. <laughs> yes. So anyway, we um, I had to learn as I went along. And I think you have too. You didn't start out well. But darling ladies, even if you started as a failure, I failed in so many ways. But you can end a victor. As you press on in God and you learn his ways and you seek to do it his ways. 
Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Don't worry if you messed it up in the beginning. Don't worry if it was all a failure. Press on. Press on to the victor's crown. Press on to the end. Yes, you will make it. Amen? Okay, not only did Jesus finish his work, but Paul did too. Let's read about Paul. In Acts 20, verse 24, it says, But none of these things move me. What were those things? All the things that he was facing and had faced and was going to face. Prison and afflictions and, oh, so many things. He says, Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. Now, what is the ministry you've received of the Lord Jesus? It's your motherhood. If God's given you children, that's it. That's it. If he's given you children, this is the ministry he's given you to do. He doesn't give them to you to give to somebody else to look after. He gives them to you. Not only to care for and nurture, but to train and to prepare for life and to prepare for their marriages one day. And so you, you've got this wonderful ministry and um, you're going to do it. You're going to finish it. In Second uh, Timothy 4, 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And uh, we're going to look at three different F's in this scripture. The first one, Paul fought the good fight. Now, we are certainly in a fight for our families and our nations today, aren't we? Because family is God's idea, the enemy is out to destroy it. Because motherhood is God's ultimate plan for women, the devil hates it. And he wants to destroy it. In this hour of history, we face a fierce fight. Feminism, humanism, the media and public education have brainwashed the majority of women to think that motherhood is insignificant and unworthy of their time. But because we know this is deception, we will not be tempted. We will not be wooed. We will stand against the tide. We will not give in. We will fight the good fight. We'll stand up for motherhood. We'll stand on the side of life. And I believe this is, we, we not only have to fight for our own motherhood today in the midst of a deceived society, but we have to fight for it in society. We've got to fight for the family. We've got to stand up for the family, for motherhood. Uh, for marriage, for same, for for uh, a marriage between uh, a male and a female, we will stand against same-sex marriage. We will stand against abortion, for we stand for life. Nehemiah chapter four verse fourteen says, "When they were building on the wall, Nehemiah came back from Babylon to help them build up." the wall and to rebuild the gates of Jerusalem and they had enemies all around them trying to stop them build when we build for God 
the enemy always gets upset. You are a builder, mother, in your home. You're building a family. You're building a marriage. You're building godly generations. You are building into the eternal realm. You're a builder. The enemy doesn't like it because he wants women who will not be builders, but those uh, who will be foolish and let their families weaken and fragment. But we are those who we stand strong. We, we cement our family ties. We make them strong. We build the family. But we will have enemies. They'll all be around us. And Nehemiah said to those building on the wall, be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and terrible and fight Fight for your brethren, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives and your houses. Yes, lovely ladies, we have to fight today for our future generations. We have to fight for our children who are growing up in our homes and for when they get married and have their children because we are in such a fight in this nation as there is a huge section now of this nation who want to take this nation on a course down the road of socialism. I mean, how they can even think of such a thing. How it's only because they are brainwashed by our professors in our um, just liberal colleges today and our liberal high schools. They are being brainwashed and uh, victimized and propagandized to believe all these lies and these young people are growing up thinking that socialism is something that is good. I mean, we only have to look at history. We only have to look at the current uh, events of what, are, what is happening in Venezuela. I mean, that's socialism. And yet we're having to fight this, but we must stand up and fight. We must stand for truth no matter what don't crawl into your shell always stand and speak out boldly for truth so we fight the good fight number two paul finished the race yes he said that that was his confession i have finished the race he would not give up until he finished mothers we are also in a race well, we're not racing, but we're plodding on. But we are in this race to the end. I love to talk about the four watches of motherhood. The first, second, third and fourth watch. Maybe sometime I'll get to tell you all about them. Sadly, there are many mothers who flake out. On the fourth watch, that's when their children have grown and, and now there no children are left in the home and they think, wow, I've finished motherhood. This is my time that I can just go off and just go on cruises and do whatever I like. In fact, earlier this year, Colin and I went on a cruise. We were so blessed that our daughter, Pearlie, and her husband, Charlie, um, paid for a cruise for us for a Christmas present. 
So we did enjoy this lovely cruise, but we were so amazed to see a different lifestyle as we spoke to many couples, and many of them were older couples, and we would say to them, oh, and is this your first cruise, like it was for us? And they would say, oh, no, this is our 52nd cruise or something like that. Just about everyone had been on so many cruises. This was their lifestyle to go from one cruise to the other because their children were all grown and left the nest. But that's not actually biblical. Oh, I'm sure it's lovely to go on a cruise every now and then. Um, But... God has given a mandate to older women to teach and encourage the younger women. No, we don't give up motherhood just because our children have grown. In fact, if we have been raising a family, we will already be beginning to have grandchildren. There should never, ever be an empty nest. The way God has planned it is that we have children if God happens to bless us this way until we reach menopause. And so if you have a child and you're trusting the Lord, and by the time you get to about 45 or so and no more children are coming along, you may have a daughter in her 20s who's getting married and having a little baby. And so you have a grandchild. And so you have grandchildren coming around. And and then you have all these other... Mothers who who need your encouragement and help. This nation is lacking. It is void of older mothers teaching the young mothers. We've got to finish our race to the end. And then the third, if Paul was faithful to the end, he says, I have remained faithful. He fought the good fight, number one. He finished the race, number two, and three, he was faithful to the end. Three ifs and one scripture, but time has come to the end again, so we will pray. Dear Father, we pray that you will help us to be those who don't give up halfway through, or even three quarters of of the way through, or even nearing the finishing tape. Help us to be those who last the journey, who keep on plodding on. Give us that tenacity. Give us that enduring spirit. Give us that plodding spirit to keep on, knowing we're walking in your will. And Lord God, I pray for precious wives and mothers who've had difficult starts, Lord, who've just had a difficult time in their early years of marriage, in their even starting motherhood. Dear Father, I thank you that you never leave us where we are. Give them hope today to know, Lord, that you will lead them on. You want to take them on to all your blessings You want them to end the race a victor. Oh God, I pray that you will, Lord, cause everyone who started in failure to end in victory. Those, Lord, who just, maybe they feel overwhelmed, Lord, uh, you will help them to end overcomers, Lord. 
I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 